Hello and welcome to What Happens in Vegas. I'm your host, Laura Rizzuto, and together with the help of my incredible guests, we will explore all that is possible when we acknowledge our humanness and harness the power of our nervous system, mind and spirit. I am so excited to share this episode with you, so let's dive straight in, shall we? I love this chat with Annika. She is the founder of Nin Yoga and Maya Movement, bringing yoga to the community of Western Sydney. She's a mum. She's just founded her own podcast and she talks to me today about trusting your gut and listening to that fire within really tuning into that and being guided by that despite what anyone else says. Uh, Beautiful chat. Hope you enjoy it. Okay, we're on. We're good. We're here. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me, Attica, today. I'm so excited to have this chat with you. Me too. I'm so excited to be able to finally sit down and do this thing. Thank you so much for having me. So for those of you who don't know, I met Annika when she was, or had recently, I don't even know, recently opened St. Mary's Studio, your yoga studio. Yeah, three and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I love your space. It's so amazing. Can I come teach yoga with you here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I know the community loved you so freaking much and they still do. It was such a joy teaching in that space. And so what I love about your journey is the way that you've just gone strength to strength with your vision and how unapologetic you are about what you're wanting to create and your community. And your community is such a testament to who you are because they're all so beautiful. And, yeah, I absolutely love teaching on a Friday night at Nin Yoga in St. Mary's. Um, But I would love to start with, um, I guess, your relationship with movement because yoga is only kind of like one part of your journey that it kind of started way back um, with other stuff you were doing. So can can you share a bit (laughs) about that? Um, Well, throughout school I I hated team sports and PE. I used to always jig it. I thought it was stupid. Um, I used to just, on you know, Thursday sports, I used to just pick either ice skating or bowling because I had good food there. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. I think it's also a pretty rad thing to have at school to choose from. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, never liked sport, never thought I'd get into it. Um, and then... When I finished school, I felt like I had this creative energy, but I didn't really know what to do with it. So I um, decided to party. I partied lots. (laughs) I was an underage clubber. I used to be the one that would make everyone's fake IDs (laughs) so we could go to um, Block in Penrith. (laughs) Well, the FBI is going to be on my door soon. But, um, yeah, (laughs) and that was sort of like my creative outlet was to party and to dance and like to meet people and socialize. I was even on like they're really crappy TV show that was on like cable TV and I just I don't know it was a wild time but I knew that I loved to dance and to move or just like just intuitive flow in some sort of way Mm -hmm. um 
I always, I told, I remember telling my mother this as a kid, but she never really was keen on the idea because she's from uh, central Thailand and dancers in central Thailand usually work in the sex industry. And that's what she related it to. Um, so anyways, after all that partying time, I came out of that um, and decided I wanted to try pole dancing. So that was just growing at the time. And I gave it a crack with one of my really good friends who I used to party with. And it was so much freaking fun. Like I loved it. I never felt so empowered and um, yeah, did that for a little bit. And at the, at that school, they also had circus equipment. So this was Susie Q's in Parramatta. Susie Q is also a yoga teacher of ours now, by the way. So, oh, wow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, she's in- incredible, but this was her pole studio um, in North Parramatta and they had the circus equipment and I, I just, that completely stole my heart. So I ended up training like five or six times a week and it costing around $250 a week to train in circus, like so Mm -hmm. much money. Um, And it wasn't really sustainable. So I was like, how can I make this sustainable? I was like, I'm going to have to teach it. Like, that's the only way. So I told all the teachers in the school, I was like, I'm going to teach circus. Like, can I just watch what you do? And if you need help, let me know. And I'll just like volunteer there and at other places and keep looking for jobs to teach circus. Um, And then I finally landed a job at a flying trapeze school, as well as teaching in a pole studio. So I taught both those disciplines, quit my full-time job as a manager to continue to do that more. And then from there, I knew I wanted to offer something else to my students because it was so much like fire and yang and go, go, go. And I was like, they need something else. This isn't balance. This isn't feeling balanced. So I was like, hmm, Pilates or yoga. And considering my father was a gypsy, I just always wanted to go to India. So I decided let's go to yoga and do my teacher training because that's a thing you can do, like go overseas and do a teacher training, like just mm. for fun. It's like a huge industry. Um, yeah. yeah. How, how many years ago was that, Annika? I was maybe maybe five or six years ago, something like that. So not that long ago compared to other yoga teachers who own their own studios. Yeah. So that's something I'm always comparing myself to, which I need to stop doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm still I still feel quite new to this spiritual path of yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, went to India, did the teacher training with very little knowledge of traditional yoga, came back, started teaching yoga to my students, then went back to India again to do my 300 hours, then came back and taught in a community hall, and then decided that. Um, it wasn't sustainable to be there because it was just so much stuff to lug around to turn that community hall into a yoga studio because I love the attention to detail. So the um, I used to take in like candles and tea and signage and flowers and just all the blocks and the yoga mats and everything and I used to get in early and heat up the place or cool it down. Like anyway, and then from there I was like, let's just see what a commercial property is like. So looked around my area and found a spot that was so cheap, like just I couldn't believe it. Um, and that's where I guess it all started, my journey into movement. And then from there I did more teacher training because I owned a studio. And I was like, I own a studio. Now I really need to like know my shit. And this is me like constantly feeling imposter syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. constantly going back to teacher training to be like, no, like I, I don't know enough. I need to know more. I need to know more. But then I'm starting to come to the realization now that when you teach whatever it is, whether it be circus or pole dancing or yoga, a lot of the time it's not about 
what you know, but how you hold space for them and who you are as a person and how they feel around you and how you make them feel comfortable. Like I'm so shit at Sanskrit. Um, and like, I don't know, like all the philosophical things, like I can't weave like the sutras into my classes. I just don't have that skill. I feel like it's not me, but, um, people still continue to come to the studios and we continue to grow because I feel like we must have something else. So I'm just going to continue to run with that. And that's where I am now. (laughs) Amazing. So what's that something else that you infuse into everything that you've got at, at NIN? Slash Maya now, actually. What, sorry? Slash Maya movement now too. Oh, yeah. So hmm, I feel like, so before I opened my own studio, I did work at a lot of other studios and I learned a lot from each of them. And I feel like that thing that we have is just, I don't know, really trying to understand each of the students and where they're at and to meet them where they're at rather than trying to sell something to them or tell them what they need. It's just Mm. to meet them halfway. Um, Yeah. And create just normal human relationships with Mm. each of them. That's all, like just getting to know them before and after class. Like it's actually quite simple in a way. It goes a long way, doesn't it? The most simple things. People think that they need big marketing strategies. (laughs) Tear it back and it's like, oh, just be be human and have connection. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, I know. It's it's so wild. Yeah. So that's all it is really. Um, Before COVID, we used to um, serve tea and unlimited Oreos and we used to like all chat after class and we still kind of do in a way. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. It's just the yoga is incredible and it's such a gift, but it's also just the human connection that just makes it that extra special, I think. And that's what um, everyone that works at Nin Yoga and My Movement, I we make sure that they all understand that as well about the studios. Yeah, amazing. And how did you keep that community vibe going, particularly during COVID with all that uncertainty and needing to close down studios? Because you had just opened, had you just opened another studio at that point? Or? Yeah, I just um, I just opened um, studio number three, Mount Druitt, uh, maybe like four months beforehand, four or six months or something like that. Yeah, mm. so... um. Yeah, we just opened our third studio. Then we found out we had to close. Um, And, yeah, you go through all the stages of grief when you find out that you have to do something like that, you know, like anger and non-acceptance and all this stuff. Um, But, yeah, once I came to acceptance, I just, what did I do? I went on Instagram Live. I just started speaking whatever I had to say to the community Pretty sure I ugly cried in that video as well. And then <laughs> the next day we taught our last class, which I cried at again. And mm. then that whole day and for weeks after, I just filmed as many classes as I can every single day and just kept on delivering them as much as I can to the community. That's it. And that was like for three or four months straight to we able to open up again. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and so when you talk about that, um, imposter syndrome that you kind of experienced particularly in the beginning about being like a a quote unquote what is it like new to new to the world (laughs) I mean what is it about that that kind of you know because I I remember talking to you about this back then like that idea of I haven't been doing this for that long and worrying worrying a bit about that I mean how did you push through that 
because everyone's going to have an opinion, right, on what mm-hmm. what they think yeah. you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and even like you know, um, you follow heaps of other yoga teachers you really look up to on social media, or whatever, or you read their blogs and listen to their podcasts, and they constantly remind, like you know, back in you know, 1993 or something like that. And you're constantly reminded how long around everyone around you has been doing it. And it just, every single time I hear that, I think it just put my confidence down a tiny little bit. But mm-hmm. I knew this feeling in my gut was strong and I knew I was in the right place. I've never felt so passionate about anything in my life. You know, like just, yeah, the, the fire was there and I knew this was my dharma. Like I just, I, ha- I had to serve. It was just like a calling. So I just... um yeah, keep running with it. And I still, I still feel like I have imposter syndrome, like now, even as a mother and even as a business owner, even as we still continue to grow. Um, it's just how it is. I don't know if it's a women thing or just our industry or what. I don't know. Maybe you know, Laura. (laughs) 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 Well, I think it's incredible that despite that, you're able to notice that in you and still choose to serve. Well, that's what the teachings of yoga is, right? Like you're constantly noticing the monkey mind, the whirling, so separating yourself from those thoughts and noticing how physically certain things make you feel um, and then just be like, okay, and then just stepping away from that and then just coming back to whatever grounds you to set you back on the path again, I guess. Yeah. It's just how it is. Yeah, totally. And I think people forget that. I mean, even when you're – um you own yoga studios or you're a therapist or a coach or whatever it's like there's always going to be the ups and downs it's not like oh like we've reached enlightenment now because we're doing all this stuff it's like not it's like so far from that but it's being able to notice when you are up and down and being able to acknowledge that and get curious around that and have ways to be able to ground and listen in to that gut feeling for you or that inner inner knowing I mean how are you able to support yourself to stay grounded through all that hmm I um I would like to say yoga definitely is one of course and just like being sometimes alone in silence is really useful as well Mm. um but I've lately really it's just coming home from the studios whatever the day might have had and entailed and just seeing um Maya there like She's just, it's, children are so beautiful in the sense, like, their lives are so simple. And um, it really, um, yeah, I don't know, just reminds you of what's important and that, you know, it doesn't take much to, you know, be happy or sometimes a tantrum as well. But, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just I I learn a lot from her. So when, when I was pregnant, I thought, I would have to give everything up because I became pregnant in my first year of um, owning the studio. Um, And my mother always told me that once you have a kid, um, life is over. So Mm. I had that fear when I found out I was pregnant, but I quickly came to the realisation that um, if anything, being pregnant and then having Maya gave me like really laser focus. So just being able to just cut out all the bullshit and just know what needs to get done. And you actually become better with time management. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're fluffing around less and you just, um, and you also just want to, you want to be a cool mom. 
you know, you want to like, <laughs> you want to, yeah, you want her to grow up and be like, yeah, my mom's like a boss bitch. And, you're like, <laughs> and you want her to be a boss bitch too, or whatever she decides to be. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It can, it shows her what's possible too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in a way, my mother did that for me too, because she um like let um came to Australia as an immigrant and sort of had nothing and now you know, lives on a hundred acre rainforest in Cairns, like off the land with her own YouTube channel. So she's oh, like, wow. yeah, she's just, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's just another way of being creative, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Life in the rainforest. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. She, she loves it. It's yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she's a bit wild. She's another story. <laughs> And so tell me about Maya because in terms, well, I guess the the studio, your most recent studio that you opened, which is called Maya Movement, which I'm assuming Maya is the inspiration for that. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so Maya in, um, in Nepalese, so my partner and I fell in love in Nepal, um, Maya in Nepalese means love. And Maya in Hindi means uh, the power of the gods and the goddesses. So it's like a super, it's just a wild, I don't know, such a spiritual name. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We So I, after I had Maya and after she sort of was like, you know, figuring it all out, once I've sort of came to acceptance that I was a parent and this was it now, I um, decided I wanted to get back into other forms of movement. So when I became pregnant, I stopped doing circus and like CrossFit and pole dancing and all that stuff. I just gave it all up. I was just like, this isn't for me anymore. Like I'm pregnant now. It's making me feel sick. And that's going to be my past life. Like now is just yoga and being a mum, and that's it. And then um, after Maya started to develop her own personality and her own interests and just become her own person, I was like, who am I? I, I love freaking circus. I love flipping around and being wild. Like, why did I give that up? Like, that's such a stupid idea. So, um, and I was like, you know what? I think all the yoga students would really love it too. Like, they don't know what it is, but I'm going to show them and they're going to love it. So um, the studio um, next door to the St. Mary's studio suddenly became available during COVID and I took up the lease and then shoved a whole lot of crazy stuff in there, like the aerial yoga slings and liras and, you know, weights and um, places for handstands and calisthenics and even someone's beautiful boyfriend's ninjutsu classes. <laughs> and like hoop dance and all this stuff. So I just, I want to put everything in there because um, everything is cool in a way, right? Like there's so much to learn. And I think as adults, we forget about like, we can learn new skills still. It's so stimulating and it's so exciting. Like why does new skills need to be saved for the children? Like we can learn these skills ourselves as well, no matter what age. So um, I just wanted to like introduce that again. Like you can do an awesome workout where you're constantly lifting your own body weight or dripping in sweat, but you don't have to like just do something mind numbing. Like you can learn a skill at the same time. That's what and I really love about fun. it. And it can yes. be fun and it can be play. I mean, that's what yes. I my, there's so much cool shit going on there that you know you've got things yeah hanging from the ceiling and it's like oh this it's such a fun place to to move it doesn't have to be um I don't know look everyone gets inspiration from different forms of movement and even when I was a personal trainer I remember being like if you don't want to be in a gym 
like I'd have women, I was at a women's gym and they'd be like, I don't even want to be here. And Mm. it's like, if this isn't a form of movement that you are going to enjoy, like what lights you up? Like what would you love to do? (laughs) You don't have to just run with a treadmill girl. Like, you know, I'm probably the worst personal trainer ever because I'd just be like, um. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're amazing. People forget it's like, oh, you should do this or this is what you need to do to do exercise or this is what you need. And it's like, well, that might work for someone else, but maybe not maybe not for you. And there's yeah. so many options, I guess, that you offer in those spaces for people to try different things and have a bit of a play and everyone be really supportive in that community, which I guess is important as well, having a community that you feel safe in to be able mm-hmm. to try out new things and and not have that fear that, oh, I'm not going to be, you know, the be able to do this in front of everyone else or whatnot, that everyone's learning together. And I know that Joel says this in his ninjutsu classes that, you know, everyone is learning. You get to um, experience what it's like to have beginner's mind again. Yes, yes, which is so important. I think being a studio owner and being a, a teacher is the beginner's mind and to remember what that feels like to be in a studio and just it takes a lot of fucking guts to, uh, sorry for swearing, it takes a lot of guts to like, <laughs> to like go into a studio and especially on your own, like people um, often come with a friend, but to go on your own takes so much balls. And actually on Monday, I, um, I, so on, so I, I hung out with Susie Q on the weekend because she did a workshop at our studio and then I had a dream because obviously it's from the pole dance industry, my past life. I had a dream that night that I did pole dancing again. And I had a feeling in my dream, like how much fun it was. So on Monday night, I went and did, I went and did a pole dancing class again. So I just went into like uh, a studio and just like signed up, didn't know anyone. And I remember I was sitting, like waiting for the class to start. Um, and I was shaking like on Monday, like I was, shaking and my heart was beating out of my chest and I text message Aaron my partner and I was like freaking hell I'm so nervous to do this pole dancing class it was just crazy and it was I don't know it was beautiful in a way because it really reminded me how every single new student could possibly feel like which is like like they want to screw (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I don't know yeah It's, it's so it's constantly remembering that yeah the beginner's mind and just yeah what it's like to be in those shoes as well I think um yeah I don't know yeah yeah and even with you opening studios I mean you're so you're so seasoned in it now right like you know what's going on but in the beginning when you first went to open that or you were thinking about that I mean even going back to how you were saying that you felt like you know you didn't have enough I don't know decades of experience behind you were there other and that was your own kind of um noticing your own monkey mind there or noticing Mm. your own thoughts around that were there other people kind of telling you what you should shouldn't do at that point in time as well or was that just you (laughs) yes um I when I first wanted to open the studio like it just it was a huge deal for me because I was like it must be really hard like to do this because then there would be lots of studios around, like lots of yoga studios 
because there weren't any around my area. And I was like, this must be a really hard thing to do. And I kept on like speaking to all the people around me, like friends who also owned studios that I worked with. And they would tell me like how hard it was, like how they'll never make any money or how many hours they would work. And um, yeah, I don't know. I even like, I had, a, I met up with a whole bunch of my friends and we like sort of like, sat around a table and took down notes as to the pros and cons as to what, if I open a studio, if I don't, and it, you know, came to the realization that I shouldn't open a yoga studio. Um, like, and my mother was telling me that I shouldn't because she had a business and I guess it was really hard for her too. So she had a bricks and mortar bridal shop that I worked in for most of my childhood and teens. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then, and my father as well, like just, he doesn't even, still to this day doesn't really understand what yoga is mm. unfortunately my auntie is a raja yogi but my father um yeah just thinks it's all whack which is fine <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but you know i don't know in the end you sort of just do what you want yeah just you just do it you're just like you know what this is exciting for me this is going to this this feels right and you just got to roll with that and just come to the realizations that you have no idea what you're doing and you're going to be completely winging it. And there's going to be a whole lot of mistakes, but time heals all and you make each experience educational and they'll just organically grow, whatever it may be. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) And has much changed since becoming a mum for you? Mm, Well, yeah, in the sense like, so before I was a mum, there was like, I used to think of it as like a, a jar, right? So there's a jar and there's like, you know, lots of different sized balls, which take up all the space in the jar. And these can be like, you know, your your work and your interests and, you know, your partner and all this stuff. And like having a kid was like filling up that jar with water. So it was just like, the jar was like suddenly so freaking full you know so it's just um yeah because every single moment you have you want to be present with the your creation it's just and it's not even like you want to be it's like it's just like a a need it's like your body is physically wanting to be there you know um like my partner's mum always wants Maya to sleep over and she still hasn't yet because I just like I don't know how I'm going to deal waking up in the middle of the night and my daughter's going to be like a few suburbs away she needs to be like in the next room or next to me in the bed you know so um it's sort of yeah I changed me in a way where I didn't realize something could be so like like a a dragging but in a good way like pulling sort of weird I don't know like in the end we're all animals right (laughs) just freaking living our animal life and instincts I don't know so that's that's crazy like the hormones and just I don't know I look at Maya and I so deeply want to give her like a brother or a sister because I know she will love that brother or sister to death because she's just such a caring human being. But I think about it and I'm like, shit, do I want to like my body, like donate my body to the universe again for nine months and then have like one year or fourth trimester and like, you know, your guts constantly dropping and all these things happening. Like it's just, (laughs) I don't know. So it's like constantly on my mind. Um, Yeah. But (laughs) that's all that happens really. 
this is why your community thinks that you're pregnant, right? <laughs> like, oh, yes. So, yes. Yes. The whole, <laughs> and they're, they're so sweet because I guess a lot of them were there for my first pregnancy because I, I taught and did like as many classes as I could right up until um, my I gave birth to Maya. So yeah. I guess it, it is very exciting for them if I was to get pregnant again. And I, I totally get it because we all sort of went on that journey together but um yeah I'm not pregnant (laughs) so as far as I know (laughs) well I have my period right now so I guess not (laughs) just to clear anything up yes yes what advice would you give to people wanting to start a business I don't know if this is like super stereotypical and lame but I I really recommend everyone should find um a way to regularly meditate (laughs) (laughs) meditation is freaking awesome like the greatest ideas come to me when I put some time aside to be quiet I think so that's where a lot of the inspiration comes from you know we wake up in the morning and often straight away we like look at our phone or scroll on our feet or just bombarded with like marketing and all these things going on like can we take a moment to just be and see what's already dwelling deep inside us to be able to come up to the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's a some a podcast I follow, um, the goal, the goal digger, uh, Jenna Kutcher, yeah, Jenna Kutcher, and she talks about in the morning to create before you consume. So when you wake up in the morning, like your goal, whatever that may be, before you start consuming, looking at emails, doing all the things around the house or whatever, is to create, just create something, whatever it be. Whether it is a Instagram post, because that's a creative outlet in a way, right? Like doing that or, you know, writing a blog post or just like putting down your dreams, journaling or whatever. So I think that's really exceptional advice that I've been trying to take on daily is to create before I consume. Um, Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, and also just regularly meditating, whatever that may be. I tend to do it a lot in the bathtub because it's just so nice because you can yeah. put the Epsom salts in as well and it's, like, hot and you're just, like, and there's, like, stillness, it's silence and ideally you don't have your phone in there because, like, I'm really clumsy, I would drop it in there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, fi- finding whatever it is for you. Everyone has different versions of, you know, how they meditate. Some people meditate by, like, like skateboarding or like yeah yeah, or music like just find what that is um to go deep down into your core self I guess is that too woo-woo no I think (laughs) these days is that like there's so much of the woo that there's Mm. there's science to back that up these days which is yeah awesome you know you can talk about meditation I mean people use meditation in um one-on-one therapy these days you know um so awesome I remember working in um when I started working in community mental health and I was in Penrith actually and it was before I'd done any further training and I was working I think I was working at NIN at the time actually um Mm -hmm. and I went into a woman's um psychiatrist appointment with her because I was supporting people in the community and he said to her, after everything that they talked about, all this stuff that was going on, he got out his hand and pulled out his five fingers and he was like, I want you to, with me, count and take a breath for every finger. Like breathe in one, 
exhale one, mm. breathe in two, exhale two. And I was looking at it, I was like, this is fucking yoga, man. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a psychiatrist and this yeah. is what you're doing. This is cool. Yes. You know? yes. This is amazing. And so it was such a moment for me because it, it's so powerful and it's, and it's awesome that, um, yeah, people are cottoning on to that. But it all, I guess it all makes sense in that it can all go back to mm. yoga or if yes. you can take yoga and you can explain it in a scientific way or you can explain it in, I don't know, a therapeutic way. There's There are these similar concepts that exist in, in different kind of facets of or different um, modalities, I guess, that are all the same when you yes. break it down. You know? Yes, 100%. Yoga is freaking everything. Yoga is so much. You know, people think yoga is just like these fancy poses you put, you do together and then shove maybe on Instagram to impress your friends. But it's it's not. Oh, my gosh. Like, and, you know, my movement when I opened it was in a way of me, like, sort of sneaking more people into the yoga studio without them realizing because it's like part of their membership. So I'd be like, you know what, you should just go to a yoga class, like try it here or there. And like, you know, um, because there's people at my movement who refuse to go to the yoga studio. They're like, nah, it's not for me. Don't like the rest thing at the end. I don't like the meditation. I, I don't like the breathing. I don't like the silence. I don't like the self-reflection, like all that stuff. But I don't know, like, that means you need it, man. If you don't like it, that means you freaking need it. <laughs> you need it more than anyone. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's what we resist the most is what's going to possibly be the most effective thing for you. Yes, 100, 100%. Yeah, so that's that's been interesting as well. So I don't know. It's all fun. And so with, with yoga, how would you, like, if as a final, you know, because there are different ideas of what yoga is out there and yoga is portrayed in so many different ways these days and it can be a bit of a minefield for people. How would you like people to view yoga or when they come into your world of yoga, what would they expect? Hmm, interesting question. Um, I've never thought about that before. I think when they I would like, I try and sort of make it look like I guess that there's no expectations at all really like most students who come through the doors at Nin Yoga have never done yoga before I think like 80% or something Mm. so um, just letting them know that it is a safe space they don't need to be able to do everything it's going to be confusing Um, And we're all here to learn. Even the teacher is learning as well. We're all learning together. And it's just somewhere where they can, you know, just not an escape, but more like just a a second home, really. So they can come in and just be in the silence. A lot of students love to come like extra early and just sit in the empty space and just like be on their mat you know, Mm -hmm. to just decompress after a hard day of work Um, and where they can also, I think it's really important as adults to make friends, even new friends, Mm. you know, like why did we stop making new friends? Why did that happen? You know, so, um, yeah, and I think a a yoga studio is such an incredible place to do that, um, to be vulnerable and, and yourself and just, I don't know, yeah. And everyone in the end is like, just doing 
their best with what they can. Like it's it's fine. Yeah. 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 I love I that. I hope that. I hope that was a good answer. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's just it makes sense. You know, it, it totally makes sense because okay. yeah, like you said, you know, different studios or different communities will emulate different, you know, a different vibe or a different experience. And there's neither good or bad in that. There's just diversity in the yeah. in the um in the community on a wider on a wider level and so yeah just to be like what what's what's important about that for you and your community and what you're hoping to build so that's awesome well Well, thanks so much for for joining me this morning (laughs) this afternoon um is there anywhere in particular that um people can find you or your studios your information um so um, if you're not on not in Western Sydney, we do have an online platform. Um, you can get the first month free with the code TRYOUTNIN um, at www.ninyogaonline.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram, which is nin, nin yoga, nin.yoga, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, our studio. So... Saint Ma- Nin Yoga St. Mary's, which is also next door to Maya Movement. Then we have Nin Yoga Blacktown, Nin Yoga Mount Druitt, and I am just about to open a fourth studio, Nin Yoga Penrith, if that's your jam and in this part of town. would love to have you. Oh, when's the opening? <laughs> Do we know oh, yet? Sorry? When's oh, the opening? Um, hmm. I get the keys March 1st, and as soon as I get the keys... I'm going to like go in and just be like, okay, I'm going to go in with like a team and we're like, we're going to clean and like just like clean as much as much as we can because I really want to like get students in there right away and making a living living and breathing space because it's already kind of set up anyway and, you know, why not? Like if it's there, let's just start using it. Let's just throw our workshops in there and just start throwing parties. It's a huge space. Like the art exhibitions are going to be there. So yeah, it'll be fun. As soon as I get the keys and as soon as it's like not gross, we will be in there. Amazing. Amazing. Maybe a hub for Nin Yoga Festival. I mean, (laughs) yes, that'll be so good. All right, lovey. Thanks for chatting today and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate your time. If what we spoke about in this episode is totally your jam, please subscribe so you don't miss out on the epic conversations that are to come. If you'd like to know more about me or ways we can continue to play, head on over to laurarizzuto.com or you can check me out on my Insta at laurarizzuto underscore. It's also where you can sign up to the waitlist for my online mentorship, What Happens in Vegas, where we get to deep dive into learning the language of your nervous system safely to embody the life that you want. Apart from that, I will catch you in the next episode. Much love and speak soon.